Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I've been looking forward to this day for a long time. I'm so happy and delighted to have Lydia Dutoit with us. She needs no introduction for almost all of you, but I had the privilege of spending a couple of three days with uh, her and Francois and a group of other people in Kansas City a few years ago. And they just accepted me, made me feel so loved and so special. And it's just been something. I've treasured in my heart. And now to be able to see Lydia on Zoom and to interview her for Grace to All with Paul Gray, I'm just so privileged. So, Lydia, thank you and welcome. (laughs) Thank you. It is such an honor for me. I really am very, very happy to be here. And I'm happy that our conversation is just a continuation of a the sweet Holy Spirit conversation with all of us. Oh, it is indeed. And we're so grateful for technology that I can be in the middle of the United States and Kansas, and you can be in South Africa and in a, a remote place, and uh, and we can connect. And it's like we're in the same room almost. Isn't that wonderful? It's it wonderful. Spirit dimension is so close. Uh, yeah, right it, is. it is. <laughs> That's right there. <laughs> Well, Lydia, I always, on my interviews, like to start out by asking our guest, how has your growing understanding of God's unconditional love and grace for all people, how's that affected you in just your daily relationships with people you see at the market and the marketplace, or you interact with in the business world or publishing or your family, or how's it changed things for you? Wonderful. I was very blessed to have been raised in a family that we were a bit different than the run of the mall. For many years of my life, we lived like gypsies and traveled with my papa the way he was drilling for a big drilling company. And he would move to all the remote places across South Africa. And we would follow him and be with him in our caravans and in our tents. So, For many years of my life, that was home. Wherever we went, wherever he was, in the Kalahari, in the desert, or in the forested areas in Natal, wherever he went, we went with him. And uh, we created home, and we created family. And I think a lot of my imagination and things happened there as well because we didn't have radios or TV and stuff. So it was around the campfires or sitting with my mom and in the little tent she would, she even had a strange language. She would speak to me. So my concept of norm was different to most people. I was raised in a family where everybody is loved. 
it wouldn't be strange for me to wake up in the morning and a whole family of destitute people that my mom and dad found across the road, they'd just moved in with us and that was normal. It was normal to to not think of yourself as poor or rich, clever or silly or stupid or unintelligent. Everything is valuable and every person is valuable. So I came from that background where I was fortunate to encounter people absolutely on par. There's nothing. And then I had the most wonderful encounter where when I was introduced to Jesus, I suddenly realized, oh, so this is Jesus. I've known him, but I didn't know it was him. And now it was just this most amazing, it's like, wow, face to face again, like I'm face to face with you. And for me to then come into a religious context where in situations where there were churches and meetings and people and where it's always in and an out or a, a, a this and a that. It was like this. I felt it's, it's like very foreign. This, this isn't normal. And Jesus reminded me again of the truth of the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts and to be able to love people. And now for us to be in the context of religion and to be absolutely persuaded of every single person's value, it is the most wonderful, wonderful experience because the love of God I don't want to get lost, but the love of God, when you encounter it in your heart for yourself, you realize it's not something I could have earned. I wasn't smart enough or this enough or that enough. The love of God is just the unconditional agape of God. And when you encounter that towards yourself, changes everything towards the other people when you meet people that walk in judgment when you encounter them there is no judgment and suddenly they feel why do I enjoy your presence it's because there is no judgment there isn't judgment here so if there isn't judgment here there wouldn't be judgment towards whoever we encounter it is the most wonderful 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 reality to see Every person, like Paul said, from now on, he says, and only the love of Christ can make sense out of that. He says, from now on, I consider no one from a human point of view. And to get to that point, you have to consider yourself, not from a human point of view. That is so important because we've been raised. And that's been the bottom line of my storytelling is to break away from performance because the whole system of education and for children, it's performance. You're good. You get a little star. You're good. So I try to, in my children's stories, break through and get to the heart of you loved. You loved because you come from God. You are the product of his love. And when we experience that, we can experience it for one another. I will never forget the consciousness of even us in ministry. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit 
distracted now. Oh, you're fine. I, I, you're fine. Am I fine? Yeah. I mean, we were in ministry for many, many years. We did missionary work. We stayed in the remotest areas across the world, Africa and traveled and started Bible schools and training centers and a school and did wonderful, wonderful things. And there was a time in our lives when we thought, I wonder what it's like to just have a business, have a job and go to work after almost four, 12, 14 years of ministry. And the Lord released us. He said, go for it. Go and do business. And we did. We went into business and built a lodge, a safari lodge. And we had a farm. We did many, many wonderful things. But I remember very, very clearly one day I was walking in the field, I suddenly stopped and I said, Lord, I haven't been to a Bible study in a while. I don't really remember when last I've spoken in tongues or prayed or whatever. You understand, just I haven't done that now, yesterday or the day before or whenever. But why is your presence so tangible? And he said, because my love is unconditional. It's unconditional. It is really. And, you know, these things, we can't teach one another. We can bring one another to a place of encounter. Mm. And that's really all the gospel is about. The gospel is about a level highway bringing us to understand that everything we imagined that has kept us distance from God if we look nicely, it's not there. It's in our imagination. It's fabricated things that we've put there because we're so used to performance. And when we don't perform, we judge ourselves. And to find ourselves in a space where God says, I love you. Mm. I love you. And that's the place where change happens. That is the place where we can suddenly find, I can look at somebody else and I can say, I can love you purely i can love you honestly i can love you completely and then maybe i don't know you maybe well no that's not the that's not the point i'm tapping into a source that is mm. untapped it is pure it is good it is god and i think i've gotten lost <laughs> no, no, you're, you're right where you you should be that, that gosh what an amazing story that you have growing up accepting people not judging and then seeing the contrast with religion and then having christ in you show you and so many of us as i'm sure you're aware of growing up differently we've grew up in religion and uh maybe it that's made our heads a little thicker or a little harder to uh, <laughs> see the light but god is in the process just of continually reaching us all, showing us his love, communicating to us, speaking to us, using whatever tool, whatever experience, whatever, uh, whether it's art or music or words, whatever, showing us uh, his love and showing us how he loves and includes and accepts everyone. And gosh, it just, um, oh, well, sometimes I don't have the words to express it. <laughs> I just knew when I was child I always knew there was a God that's why we weren't raised in a religious fashion at all but I was raised knowing that there's a God and he loves me 
And when I met Francois and I found out that this invisible God has a face, <laughs> it made sense. This, it was like, yippee, 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 because I, and I became tangible. And, and it's the same. It is this beautiful, beautiful God that is he's everything that lives, everything that exists finds its substance in this God. So there's nowhere we can go, even in our imagination or in our own judgment, we could try and hide and mm -hmm. sneak away. And when we find our seat there, we will look around and we say, he's right there. He's right, yeah. right there. In yeah. our tough times, somebody said to me a few days ago, I've had the worst childhood and was God there all along? And that realization that in that agony, in the pain, in the incredible things people go through, there's a togetherness, and not only a togetherness as an onlooker, a togetherness of, of feeling the pain, feeling it with me, and, and feeling the joy when I'm delivered and when I'm well, delivered and coming through things. It's the same God. It says, I've mm -hmm. never, ever not been there. Yeah. He's never not been there. Mm. I wanted to tell you something else that really helped me to understand the love of God in a very real way is to try and imagine his at-homeness in us. That is a, a very important thing for us to know, that it's not tolerating. You know, sometimes you're quickly having something with somebody or somebody you meet. Oh, you've actually in a hurry. You want to be some. It's like, okay, let's get it over and done with and we move on. No, no, no. God is not in tolerating mode. In us, in the incarnate Christ here, there's an at-homeness for God. God is completely at home here. He's found a space in us that fits him like a glove. And in that space, there is no competition. This is why this little King Solitaire was, it was actually birthed. Sorry, am I jumping it now? <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're, you're right on time. Obviously, you've written other wonderful children's books. And uh, tell us what prompted this book and the process that you went through and what you hope it accomplishes with people. Stories just come to me. Like I said, we were raised where we we, we made plays. I mean, we're living in our tents and we did plays. We, we invented stories. And so I've been very blessed with the most amazing imagination. And we were having dinner with some friends in, our son lives in Zurich and we visited and we were having dinner with some friends and they had somebody over that also came to visit and it's so odd, but this person was complaining about everything. <laughs> this person felt that they didn't live in the right neighborhood and that this person was beautiful enough. You could sense it in this conversation. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this lady and I thought, oh, you must be one of the most beautiful women I've seen. And you live in Zurich. And yet it's this, I'm too short to talk to this, to this. I don't live. And this discontentment that night, I thought, oh, I must, I must. And the next morning, this is so funny. It was, I think, our second last day in Zurich, and it was summer, 
And the Limat River runs through Zurich and there's a, a part where they bring the water into like a closet where they have turbines and they use it to create electricity on that side. But on the other side, it's like this, they force the river into this narrow canal-like thing. And the whole of Zurich goes to swim there in summer because it's this exhilarating, you jump in and it's like this force of water that takes you all the way. And then there are some bars that stop you you kick with your feet climb up the stairs run along and you jump in again and as I'm lying on my back in this exhilarated place going I started thinking of King Toddity it suddenly just came to me I'm lying on my back and I suddenly because of the previous night the incident we had this little story came to me and eventually my son was calling me he said mama we have to go I said no wait wait and I have to jump in again it's almost through wait 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 and I jumped in again I think I jumped in about five times <laughs> had it and it was like oh this is going to be a delightful read and that night we were just having a little get together in a special place where you can see the whole of Zurich so I made my kids sit down and my friends and I said I've got a story I want to tell you <laughs> it was so special I love the way it happens and I told them the story and my son Christo was there and after I told it I said sweetie you're gonna do the artwork for me he said I'm an artist mama but I've never done illustrations I said I know but I feel in my heart this is your book you're gonna do the artwork and the illustrations and that is really how it happened <laughs> wow and the book is wonderful the illustrations are wonderful and guys that dream that vision that blessing that god gave you is now blessing children and parents and grandparents all over the world it's wonderful yeah. i really feel that most of my stories i never know what age group really because I know that they are such a blessing even to read to your children that many mm. parents have told me. I remember we went to the bank here in town and one of the ladies there that we know, I had given her Stella's secret about a month ago and she said, I must quickly tell you something. Yes, Stella's secret. I'm not promoting it because it's, I'm promoting it because it's a beautiful book beautiful story she said to me my son came to me and he said to me mama because she'd given him the book and he was reading it he's nine years old or I can't remember and he said can I change the name of the book it's no longer Stella's secret it's Henlow's secret his name is Henlow it's now my secret and that was such a blessing to me that this little girl Stella's secret became his secret so that is it's like that moment of ah. yeah and, um, the thing about truth and the thing about god he is always much closer than what we imagine mm. he's really the closeness of god is in our encounter of the now and right here we we there's nothing do you remember i wanted to say about He's at homeless in us. I was speaking at a little ladies' meeting once, and it so blessed me because we just had such an encounter. But it was a group of ladies and women, and I, I said to them, when you're at home, what makes your home home? It's not because you have very smart tiles or 
um, this or you've got this set of stairs or you've got a nice molly tile roof. Home is home because of the fact that you are at home and our at-homeness makes home home. It can be anywhere, like I said to you, in our tents, in our caravans, in beautiful homes. We lost our house, it burnt down in a fire. Home is that place where you can just feel, you know what, I can kick my shoes off, I can run around in my gown, I, if I need it, I can have curlers in my hair. It's not prescribed. Home is not prescribed. Home is made to be lived in. And God's at-homeness in us is what he wants us to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy how at home he is in us. Comfortable. Comfortable. That's it. No fear, no trepidation, no No. safe. safe Exactly. Exactly. Take a deep sigh, kick your shoes off, put the keys down, just go and plonk yourself and say, you are that here now. He's like that total at home. It's wonderful. Oh, it is. In such a wonderful way you have of expressing that. I'm so grateful. Lydia, with your permission, we're going to finish this interview, take a little break, and then and then we'll do another one that people will hear a week later. But before we stop this first session, tell people how they can contact you, how they can get a copy of King Solitaire's Banquet and your other books. They are very welcome to go to our website. It's www.mirrorword.net or email us at info at mirrorword.net. I'll post it when this comes out. I'll put a link to it. Perfect, Paul. I hope I didn't get too distracted. I feel I didn't really stick to. You did just exactly what I hoped, and I know that our listeners and viewers are so blessed, and, and they will be for the next one, too. So, Lydia, thank you so very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for joining us, being with us today for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.